Welcome to the New Providence Presbyterian Church podcast, where we will share our messages from our weekend worship services. We hope these messages will inspire you and challenge you in your walk with Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray. Almighty God, as we've heard these words sung from the prayers of St. Francis of Assisi, we are um, moved by not only the music, but the depths of the words and the truths that were just shared with us. God, it's in dying that we find life. And it makes no sense to a watching world. But God, you oftentimes work things in an upside-down manner, a way that we don't expect, a way that doesn't seem to make sense. But God, your purposes are deeper, and your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. And so we need help to understand you. We need your revelation. We need your guidance. So I ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would open up our eyes, open up our ears, Uh, to receive your love, grace, and truth from your word, that you would speak, O Lord, and that we would have receptive hearts and minds to what you have for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. When's the last time that you had an aha moment? Like an aha moment, a moment where everything came together, or something came together, something that maybe didn't make sense, something that wasn't, maybe something that was bothering you, and all of a sudden... Aha, makes sense. Uh, maybe it's someone said something to you. Maybe you read something in a book. Maybe uh, you heard someone say something. Like, for me, I had an aha moment a couple weeks ago. My wife and I were listening to a podcast uh, by Kerry Newhoff, who's a church leadership expert, and he was interviewing John Eldridge, uh, an individual who's written numerous books the last couple decades to help Christians. He and his wife, Stacy have done so. And uh, John, who runs a, a big counseling center, I think, out in Colorado, and has lots of experience with all kinds of people, shared some insights in a podcast where I thought, aha, that makes sense. What, 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 did, what did he share? Well, John was talking about the pandemic. And as we've come through to this stage of the pandemic, now that some time has gone by, no doubt since the beginning of the pandemic, and even since the height of it, he had some reflections, both that he had in terms of his conversations with people, but also from, that he heard from various counselors from his counseling practice. And the aha moment came as he shared about how, in many cases, so many people with a desire and longing to get back to normal, to be comforted again, in many ways, though, we've ru- many have rushed ahead and found new experiences or renewed experiences or maybe found some uh, hope and help and, and pleasure in things purchased, didn't, weren't still feeling like they were back to life, that life was still elusive to them, that something was missing. And he shared some symptoms um, in this book called Resilient. Uh, it's a book that he re- recently wrote, and it's a fascinating book. I'm about three-quarters of the way through. haven't finished it yet. Three-quarters of the way through. And in this book, he details uh, some of the symptoms and, and impacts from the pandemic. And I find, again, find it interesting that we have just a little bit of time, just a little bit of space since the beginning. So I'm very intrigued, obviously, in 10 years, as we reflect on this time, we'll have a lot more information. But here's some things from, uh, he has from a first glance. And the things that stood out to me, one, he talked about how he, he would recognize that many people were saying how they were irritable. More irritable than, say, if you go back four years, and if someone said something to you or something happened, you might be annoyed. But for whatever reason, now, post-pandemic or seemingly post-pandemic, that those things really are getting under people's skin. And if I'm honest with you, I was running the, played the movie of my life and thought over a couple weeks and months and thinking, 
That's played out in my life. Um, that there's certain things that some have said that I've reacted in a very irritable manner. If, just ask my wife. <laughs> she would say something, something that four years ago I would have thought, I need to consider it. I need to think about that. Or maybe in a little more humility and openness or feedback to me. But no, being a lot more irritable. And that was convicting to me. Or the other thing uh, that John Eldridge talked about, just a, a pattern he saw in, in people's lives, is that they were not feeling fulfilled or even satisfied by things that might have fulfilled them or satisfied them in the past. Uh, maybe if they felt restless or, or, and they wanted to, to, to experience the type of pleasure, that it just wasn't having the same effect. When I'm, ta- I'm not talking about losing your taste and, and smell from COVID. I'm talking... Like for me, I thought about how that played out, and that was true as well, where things where I was restless, if I would go to something like the ocean or a body of water, I would, um, I would feel relaxed. But in recent months, that hasn't been the case as much. And so this had caused me to reflect and be like, well, what are, what are the impacts of this pandemic? And not only from this book, but in conversations with some of you in our church and others in our community, recognizing that for many, the, the line I keep hearing over and over is, I just want to come back to life. I want to come back to life. I feel like something's still missing. And for many, uh, like a lot of times, we may look to find a sense of hope and a sense of strength and a sense of comfort in things other than God. And when we look to anything else besides God, it's going to come up short. We may feel good in the short term. It may scratch that itch for a little bit. But to really address that soul-level ache that we all have, Ultimately, for God's love, we need to turn to him. So yes, whether it's new vacations, I know many, it's been fascinating to read about the studies, how people have just, even though traveling is very difficult on planes, but have been trying to get away to as many vacations as possible or buying more things, and, but still not feeling fulfilled. So it doesn't matter how many Amazon packages show up at our front door, how many vacations or places we go, there's still something missing. I believe that that's the case. And so the question is, how are we to come back to life? How can we find renewed hope? How can we find renewed strength? Uh, for again, for some, it's maybe looking to other experiences or possessions to try and scratch that itch. For others, through this pandemic, maybe it's pulling away and trying to conserve or protect their energy. And we've seen that where coming out of the pandemic, we've almost been trained to not relate to people. And it takes practicing relational muscles and exercising relational muscles again to get together, I was talking to someone after the last service saying, for the first time in a long time, they invited friends to come over to their house on Friday night. And it was both a delightful and different kind of experience. They just haven't done that. And the amount of energy that it took to get the house ready and prepare and, and then to have people actually in their house and conversations and, and then to have them leave, it was both delightful and they said different. And they realized it's going to take effort to almost retrain the relational muscles uh, to connect with people again. Um, so we could either pull back from people, we could either try and medicate and try and make, come back to life by buying things or new experiences, but there's, I believe, a third way, and that's the way of Jesus. And that way is always not the way that we would expect. In fact, it's typically upside down. It's not natural. And Jesus has some words for this as he talks about what it means to find life. In Matthew, 20, in Matthew 16, 24 through 25, when he's talking to his disciples, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now listen to this. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. 
Find it. I love this description. Jesus says, here's how you find life. It doesn't come from trying to hold on to your own life, try and save your own life, try to make it happen, try to make yourself happy. It doesn't have, finding life doesn't come that way. If you try and save your life, you're actually going to lose it, Jesus says. But he says, if you lose your life for me, you'll find it. If you want to find that treasure, you want to find true life, fulfilled life, ultimate life in Christ, he's like, give your life away to me. And so that's the way of Jesus. And that's, if you want to come back to life as we move in and out of this pandemic, the answer is to give yourself away. It seems upside down, but it's the way of Jesus. And every time we lean into those truths, that wisdom, we see him show up in a significant way. So what does that look like? How does that play out? There's other teachings in the New Testament that speak about this. And uh, we're going to begin today a four-week series that's going to focus on the New Testament letter of Romans and chapter 12 in particular. We're going to put a magnifying glass to this one chapter in Scripture for these four weeks. And today we're going to talk about what it means to offer ourselves. And this is from the words of the Apostle Paul, chapter 12, verse 1. It comes from there. Where after 11 chapters where the Apostle Paul, in a magnificent way, lays out the gospel of Jesus Christ. With the good news, this announcement of victory over sin, over evil, over death itself, and all of the grace and all of the mercy that we see in those magnificent and deep chapters, the first 11 chapters of Romans. Then he comes to chapter 12, verse 1, and this call to action. He says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This, this is your true and proper worship. I love whenever there's that word therefore in Scripture. It should cause us to pause and consider what's, what's come up to that point here. The word therefore not only speaks to the first 11 chapters of Romans leading up to that moment, but specifically Romans chapter 11 where the magnificent grace of Jesus is on full display. And Paul says, therefore, right, in light of this, I'm going to call you to action. And it's a family call to action. He says, brothers and sisters, this is family language, the new family of Jesus. And he says, in view of God's mercy, don't run too fast by those words. Those words point to the first 11 chapters of Romans, points to the good news that we see throughout the New Testament that's that's shown and revealed and pointed to by the old. The mercy of Jesus Christ, God's movement towards us, and him not giving us what we deserve. In view of God's mercy, in view of all that he's done for us, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that destroyed the wall between us and God, that created that way for us to be restored. He says, in view of that, Paul says, I have a nice suggestion for you. No, he doesn't. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, I have a nice suggestion for you. Or, hey, maybe think about this, you know, when you get a moment. Just maybe when you get five or six tasks down your task list, maybe, maybe work this into your life. No, Paul says, I urge you. I urge you, brothers and sisters. He calls them to action with a sense of urgency and movement, a wake-up call. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to offer, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Right? Not just your thoughts, not just your feelings, not just your good intentions, but to actually offer your physical body, to offer your full self as a living sacrifice. In essence, Paul's urging these Christians, and by us, by extension today, we're urged by God to offer ourselves, our full selves, our bodies, everything to God, to do something, to actually do something. 
Not just think about it, have good intentions, but to do something. And to offer ourselves what is a living sacrifice. What does that mean? A living sacrifice. Typically, sacrifices are dead. They go from life to death. They're killed for the sacrifice. But one sacrifice isn't like that. And that sacrifice was the Son of God. Jesus is the sacrifice who went from death to life. And as we think about him coming back to life, him being resurrected from the dead, we get a picture of a living sacrifice. And that life of Christ, the life, the resurrection power and life of Christ is available to you and to me as we put our faith and trust in Jesus. And therefore, we like him are to be a living sacrifice, an ongoing, alive, fully engaged sacrifice. And he says this is holy and pleasing to God. And he says this is a true and proper act of worship. This is true and proper worship, meaning this is what actually makes sense. If we really take God's mercies seriously, our response should be to do something, that to do something is to offer ourselves back to him as a living sacrifice. And it's an act of worship, meaning ascribe worth, saying, God, you are God, I'm not. God, you're on the throne. God, you rule and reign. Lord Jesus, you are not only Savior, but you're Lord. And if we believe this, if we believe this to be true, then we'll offer ourselves back to God as a living sacrifice and show that he is who he is. So what is the call to action from this verse? Right? It's to refocus on Jesus, on his grace and mercy. And then to do something with it, to offer your body as a living sacrifice and to do this in worship of God. If you want to come back to life, if you want to come back to life, these are the steps to take to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. If you remember anything from the sermon, remember this. God brings us back to life as we offer ourselves to him. Let me say that again. God brings us back to life as we offer ourselves to him. In the words of Jesus, not trying to hold on to our life, not trying to save our life. If we do that, we're actually going to lose it. But if we give our lives to him, if we lose our lives for him, Jesus said, then we'll find life. We'll find life. So as a church, I want to help us to do this. As a church, we want you, as a church, we want to help you do this. And as, we're working, as I've been working with the leadership for many months, I'm all the way back to the turn uh, into this year, I'm trying, thinking through how can we help make Sunday mornings a place and a time where people can engage, where you can connect more with God and connect more with one another. And so for me, coming in, and if you think about the history in terms of how we got to our current worship service time, before my arrival a year ago, as I remembered, even through, just through friends and hearing about the worship service schedule, right, that this service was at, the traditional service at 9.30 a.m. with a, a parallel service down the hall with, with Jeff Ebert recorded on a screen being shown at 9.30, and then 11 o'clock, another contemporary service. Then the pandemic hit. Right? And then there was nothing. It was online. There was attempts to be in the tent. And then coming back into the building, yes, things were flipped. And I heard from many of you early on, why is it flipped? When is it going to flip back? It was good feedback. I was trying to, get, uh, trying to observe and get more data, saying why is the service scheduled the way it is? One thing I learned from my predecessor, from Jeff Eber, was that when the service came in at 9.30 at the contemporary service, that many of the visitors who were coming to our church um, had young children. And the children's ministry at 9.30 was the optimal time. 
And so we kept the service at that point until we could reassess. And so our session put together a task force to say, let's look at Sunday mornings, not just in terms of worship services, but how can we help maximize the participation on Sunday mornings across the board? Worship services, classes, ways to connect like coffee times. And other things, if we want to have like a first steps class where people who are new and visiting the church, they could come and get to know more about our church. And so that task force began looking at our current schedule and analyzing really a set of challenges that, that arose. Let me share some of the challenges that we saw right away. Uh, not so much during the summer, but during the regular year, no doubt at the 930 service, the contemporary service, there was a capacity issue. The room was full. We had an overflow room in the gym, and we tried our best, and we still are trying our best with a TV screen and a couple speakers, but it's far from an ide- ideal situation. We also saw that middle school and high school students, by and large, were not participating in our worship services. They would be a part of a class at 930 and then would go home, where the high schoolers mostly were not in worship services at all. And If they were doing anything, they were helping out with tech and production. They would have salt on Sunday night, and there would be a worship component to it, but they were not part of any worship services. We also saw that there's a lack of children's ministry at, at this hour, at this service. And so families with young kids who wanted to visit this service, they would come and realize there's nothing for children. So sometimes we'd have, you know, screaming babies and kind of cute for a little bit, but they realized they didn't feel welcome here and they wouldn't come back. We also saw there were unclear times for adult classes. Um, We could kind of have one at 930, 10, maybe before or after or in between, but it was just unclear. And lastly, there was no clear ways of hosting connect times, and a lot of that was the pandemic, but not really sure where to work that back in. And so from that, this task force came through and said, we need to identify some clear goals as we assess our schedule. So I want to walk through those goals before unveiling the new schedule. And so some of the first goal we looked at was overall is how, do, how we need to maximize engagement on Sunday mornings. Like I just said, worship services, classes, and things like coffee times for all. And I mean for all, I mean for all. And what I mean by that is not only us, who are current covenant partners or members of our church, yes, we want to make sure we're, we maximize engagement, but there's a whole lot of people out there who have yet to visit our church. And so the task force and session took very seriously, how can we create ways for people who have not yet visited our church that we can provide multiple opportunities for them to connect and come here? And not just them, but for those who have yet to return, right? Those who have been joining us online or maybe have stepped away from our church, maybe visited other churches and haven't found a new church home and are just floating out there. We want to be able to, with open arms, welcome them home. So we want to be able to maximize participation on Sunday mornings. That's one. Two, when we, went through, when we issued the, the questionnaire uh, earlier this year and we received the, the, the feedback, remember that questionnaire was an information gathering exercise so we could learn more about how you participated on Sunday mornings. It wasn't a vote. It wasn't a, a, a way of preferences. It was a way for us to understand how, how are you showing up on Sunday mornings? Is it because of the time? Is it because of the service type? Other things along those lines. We One thing we learned pretty quickly as a session as we looked at the responses overall is that we are an aging congregation. And that's not a bad thing in the sense that obviously there's lots of wisdom, experience, and history. As a church, every church, a strong church is going to be multi-generational and intergenerational. And so as we move forward, we want to continue to leverage those relationships for the body, for the ultimate glory of God. But we realize that we're an aging congregation and some areas we haven't been doing as well as we would have 5, 10, 15, even 20 years ago. Things like engaging our preschool, 
Things about truly uh, providing a Sunday morning schedule that could allow parents of young children to participate and come and not feel that they maybe come and not sure if they're really welcome. So we need to look at that. And lastly, uh, a goal we uh, set up was to reinvigorate all of our worship services. And if we're going to change the schedule, how can we reinvigorate all of our worship services, both traditional service and the contemporary service, to allow people to worship in the different love languages that God has given to us? God's given us two wonderful love languages to worship in our church family, our traditional service here and the contemporary service. So how can we reinvigorate both of them going forward? With that said, um, lastly I'll share is we looked at the potential schedules the last before the big unveil, is um, recognizing that some, if not most families, will look at a one time block commitment on a Sunday morning, like an hour or more, an uh, hour or so. And so we want to make sure that if there's a one time block that we can engage a family well if they came all at once. Um, others would come for two blocks of time, meaning they would come attend a worship service and then go to a class, or maybe attend a worship service and serve teaching Sunday school for, for children. We want to make sure both of those options were available and that every person, whether existing, an existing member or someone who's new, could participate in either worship service and have that opportunity. So with that said, let's see if I spell it right this time. I'll leave you hanging. My daughters were like, just write it on there and flip the whiteboard. I like suspense. Here we go. So I'm going to write up is the new service schedule and then share about some of the possibilities in light of that. Number one, 9 a.m., traditional worship service. Here in the sanctuary. Two, 10 a.m., contemporary in the ministry center. And then in addition, 11.15 a.m., Another contemporary service, also in the ministry center. We're realizing, um, based on the observations of this past year, is that still, by and large, most of our visitors have been coming to the contemporary service at 9.30, and especially with children. And so to be able to provide Sunday school and classes for all ages, from birth through adults at 10 o'clock. And so in essence, this will be the a primary hour in terms of if someone typically visits a church, unless they're highly churched and coming from someplace else where they're ready to be present from, you know, for two hours on the Sunday morning, most if they come for one time block, probably, probably visit us at 10 a.m. And so we'll have you know, Sunday school for all ages at this time. But recognizing that's not always the case, that we want to also provide a form of Sunday school at 9 a.m. as well. And so our new adult discipleship team with Greg Chariton leading the way is wonderfully thinking about having uh, sets of classes that are the same at both hours. Now, those classes which currently exist um, and want to continue, they'll have to pick a time within this to have that class. But I'm excited to share that we want, we want everyone to have the opportunity to invest not just in the worship service, but to be a part of a class as well if they want to go deeper in their faith on a Sunday morning. And so if someone comes at a traditional service at 9 a.m., then they'll have an opportunity to go to a class at 10 a.m. or wonderfully to serve maybe teaching Sunday school or 
serving with our youth or having another way of serving at 10 a.m. Or flip side, if someone can, comes at 9 a.m. and can come to a class, then they can go to the contemporary service at 10 a.m. At 10 a.m., no doubt, there'll be a middle school and high school class. And what the goal is, for the most part, though some may wake up early and come to traditional service, most will stay longer, and my prayer and hope is that they'll want to stay for worship. And we're going to look to address that this 11.15 a.m. service, maybe do some things a little different to, to engage a younger demographic, really students and young adults. It's not a student service, but it may lean towards that, and we're not exactly sure what that's going to look like. Others will wake up early, come at 9 a.m. here, and then go to their class and go home. There's going to be options and different ways to engage. Um, with this as well, CT stands for coffee time. After each of the services, we'll have a coffee time for people to connect. Now, with three services, we're not going to have not to be able to have one coffee time where all 565 of us will come to coffee at one time. But that never really happened. But uh, the goal, I know there's a sense of sadness that we won't have one coffee time for everyone to come together. Uh, but the reality of a church, we, post-COVID, we're anywhere from three to 600 people. We'll figure out where we are. Um, it's impossible for all of us to be at one place at one time. Um, unless we're a church of 50 where everyone will be one place at the one time, we're going to have to offer multiple ways to come together. And so we do want to provide those opportunities to connect in an informal way um, after each of these services, which will be in Parish Hall. Um, the one piece with this, though, is we need help making that happen. And so takeaway from this sermon is coffee is not manna. <laughs> Can you say that with me? Coffee is not manna, meaning it just doesn't come from the sky. Right? And so Maybe at this moment, maybe the Holy Spirit's tugging at your heart to be able to provide some wonderful coffee for us, but that we're going to look to put together some teams, ideally even long-term, engage some of our ministry teams. And I mean, my hope is that actually each ministry area will own the coffee for a Sunday morning. Um, and they would actually have the opportunity to have a couple tables out, share more about their ministries, and they'd be the prayer focus at each service, but we'll still need some support around that. So be great opportunities around coffee for this. Um, those are the main pieces. This will start, we're going to start this Sunday, September 25th. It's my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Lori. No, but it's, why is it the 25th? We want to give a little more time for everyone to process this, ask questions, and for obviously our staff and teams to prepare for this. In addition, um, with Labor Day weekend, we're going to move communion to Sunday, September 11th. So we're still going to have the same 9.30 and 11 o'clock service schedule for that Sunday. The following Sunday on the 18th, we're going to have a wonderful opportunity in Parish Hall for you to consider what it means to come back to life, to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. What I mean is to come in, and every ministry area is going to have a table or more where ways to connect and ways to serve. And really as a way to get re-engaged with the church. And for all of us to say, what does it look like for this year to invest and to give our lives away as opposed to pulling back and trying and conserve our energy which Jesus would say, that's how you lose your life. No, give your life away, and in doing so, to find life. And so my prayer for all of us is that we will consider differently. Use the fall of 2022 as a reset in your life, spiritually, no doubt. And specifically, if you've been a one, one or two, if you've been a every Sunday person, keep it up. You're the A students. We're in middle of August, and you're here in worship. I see you. You get good grades. No, <laughs> Jan Schreier's smiling. You get double credit. You go to both services. So the fact that, uh, all joking aside, if, you're a, if you've come every single Sunday, invest and continue to do that. 
If you come a couple Sundays a month or one Sunday a month, my encouragement and challenge to you is to increase that. I mean, physical fitness-wise, if you worked out once a month and you thought there would be any change, it's not going to happen. Or even twice, if you just worked out twice a month, you thought there would be some type of physical change, it's not going to happen. You know, as much as potato chips and fast food may, may, may pull at us, there's a lot more spiritually that's trying to pull us away from God. And so my, my hope and with session and staff is that we're going to create as many opportunities for you to participate in the life of the church, to connect to God, connect with one another, and that we can not only welcome new people, but welcome people back into our church family. Um, you'll have ample opportunities to ask questions. You can send them directly to me. As soon as the service is over, I'm going to walk down the hall and click send. There'll be a letter that details all of this with, again, some of the challenges and the opportunities in front of us with the schedule. I want to make sure you're fully aware of what we have so you can know why we're doing what we're doing and also see ways that you can invest and engage. Um, as we finish, back to what, um, well, I want to say this. Yeah, we start this September 25th. I left this part out. We are going to assess this along the way until the end of the year. And so we're going to be a trial run from September 25th to the end of the year. Um, I wrote in the email to the church how I had the opportunity with one of my daughters to go to Thomas Edison's museum, the National Museum in West Orange. And I was blown away by just the, the obviously not only the creativity, but the ruthless nature of trying to improve every invention. I, I said in the email I sent to the church, I walked away thinking, why? Why don't we apply that type of approach to the church for the glory of God? to find out what's best. And so as we try this out, again, our goal is to help you connect more with God and each other, and we're going to assess this along the way of a set of questions, things that came out of that questionnaire, other conversations, things like heard from some of you and others saying, hey, if the traditional service was earlier, we would come. We're going to see if that's the case. Same thing, I talked to some families who said, we'd love to come to traditional service, but there's no childcare option. Christine and her team are going to provide at least up through pre-K to start. We may look for more if there's a need. So I'm going to be asking some of those families, that's what you said, are you coming? My role is to try to clear the way and, and clear the way for as many people as possible to connect with Christ. And our leadership is trying to do the same. A more maybe a flip way to be, flipped way to say that is, I feel like part of my calling is to remove every excuse that stands in the way of you engaging with God. We want to remove as many as possible. To say, come, come, be a part of what God has for you because um, his love is here for us. And so as we finish, to offer your body involves three actions. Show up, engage, come back to life. Say those words with me. Show up, engage, come back to life. One more time. Show up, engage, and come back to life. Uh, one thing to remember as we finish, one thing to do, and then some questions to reflect out of this. One thing to remember, as I said before, God brings us back to life as we offer ourselves to him. That's my prayer. That's my hope. And not only for us, but for a world out there who's trying to find their way, who's maybe tried a lot of things to feel normal and feel comfortable again, but it's just not working that they would come to the living water of Jesus and our church would be a part of that story for them. Number two, one thing to do is to commit to Sunday mornings with New Providence Presbyterian Church and start planning now to be present and engage this fall. Look at your calendars. Think through what this can be like. And not just even for a worship service, but also being around either for a class or serving um, or helping out with coffee. All these things 
can help bring us back to life, not only individually, but as a whole church as we move into the fall of 2022. Lastly, a couple questions for reflection. One, how has the pandemic negatively impacted you? And to what extent have you not recovered? I shared about some of my story earlier in the sermon about irritability and, and just not feeling fulfilled in some things. What are some ways that you have not recovered? Maybe relationally. Think about that this week. Number two, why does it seem upside down to find life by giving yourself away? It seems upside down. And our first move is oftentimes to pull back, but Jesus invites us to step forward and to find life in the process. Number three, what could change if you dedicated yourself and offered your body as a living sacrifice, right, based on Romans 12.1, to God with New Providence Presbyterian Church this fall? What could change? Um, and my hope is, yes, that yet through our worship services reinvigorated and no doubt through opportunities for classes and serving, uh, it would be chances for us to come back to life this fall. Imagine if we all really did this. Imagine what could change. I think we need it. We need something We need something new and not novel. What we need is Jesus. And so again, finishing what the final piece is, God brings us back to life as we offer ourselves to him. We say it with me as we conclude. God brings us back to life as we offer ourselves to him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to see this truth, this deep truth that doesn't seem to make sense, is unnatural, that by giving our lives away, that's how we actually find life. And Jesus, as we give our lives away to you, we ultimately find you, and you are life. You're the giver of life. You're the giver of living water. You're the bread of life. So I pray for all of us, every person who's heard this message, whether here in person or hearing it sometime in the future online, that you would help them to see the possibilities. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring each and every single one of us back to life after coming through all that we've come through with this pandemic. Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of holiness. Lord, do your work in us and prompt us, wake us up, help us. Help us to hear the urging of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, urging us to offer ourselves, offer our bodies as living sacrifices. May that be the case. We commit the schedule to you And as we try this out, Lord, help us to learn, help us to grow, help us to change. And may every single person, both current members and those who are yet to be a part of our church, come into contact with the life-transforming hope of Jesus Christ in and through all that we say and do. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen.